0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 20th, 2016. Gaps, the identity gap. Welcome to our fourth and final week of gaps. Those areas in our lives where there's a gap between who we are, who we want to be, between who we are and who God calls us to be. This morning our focus is on the identity gap.
1: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Lord, we thank you for today. It's a great, beautiful day with lots ahead of it. Lord, for now, settle us in. Remove any distractions so that we can... Um, hear what you might have to say to each one of us um, in the way that only you can do through your Holy Spirit. So we thank you for this time as we gather and for, for your word found in Scripture. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered and said Amen. 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 So today we do talk about uh, the identity gap when we talk about identity, we often talk about our identity in Christ. And we could preach about that for months and months and months. You know, that identity where where God has uniquely wired us, wired you in a way like no one else, that there's a God-given purpose and plan for your life. And when you claim that, you're claiming your identity in christ it's like being adopted your adoption into the family of god did you know that you are uh, the son of god you're the daughter of god does it get any better than that absolutely not and there are times when there are gaps in how we embrace that identity well today we want to take a little bit of a different twist on identity and so bear with us as we un- unwrap all of this identity gap here we go it's the gap between who we are privately and who we are publicly when it comes to matters of faith it's the gap between what we do and what God would have us do. And the interesting part about this gap and the reason why it's kind of difficult to navigate is because there are two almost opposite dimensions to this. Hmm.
0: And so on the one hand, Jesus told his followers to to not be showy in their acts of faith, to be humble, to keep it between us and God. Here's what he shares in uh, the sixth uh, chapter of Matthew.
1: Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you.
0: And so uh, this instruction, this direction that Jesus gives, is part of a much larger teaching found in um, chapters 5, 6, 7 of Matthew, known as the Sermon on the Mount. And part of this teaching, Jesus instructs us to be, maybe you've heard, salt of the earth. He says uh, that we are the light of the world. He, he says to love your neighbor. He says, as he does here, to give to the needy, uh, to not worry. Here's what he has to say about prayer.
1: Picking it, picking it up at verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven hallowed be thy name and so on
0: according to bible scholar william Barclay, the jewish system of prayer in that day made it very easy to be ostentatious or to attract attention to oneself in prayer the the jews prayed standing with hands outstretched palms upward and heads bowed prayer was prayer was to be done at 9 a.m noon and 3 p.m no matter where you were at those times so it would have been very easy to, to strategically place oneself at a busy intersection or a public square so that so that everyone would see just how devoted and prayerful you were. Jesus told them to do virtually the opposite of what these hypocrites would do in order to be seen by everyone. He told them to go into the room, to close the door, and to pray to the Father privately, unseen. And then Jesus goes on to, to give them this simple model for prayer, what, what we call the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it goes on.
1: Well, Jesus also said in the Scripture, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. That just seems like an odd thing to say do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing but you know as we kind of unpack this we believe that this is all about motive that Jesus is teaching about our motives behind our actions if our motive is to like feel good and all pumped up about ourselves, then the motive is off. The motive is not right. Yesterday, we had a great day here with the Coats. Thank you for contributing, Coats. Thank you for serving. And that was a public expression of of giving to the needy. But here's, here's the difference. We weren't giving like, oh, you're poor, here's a coat. It's like we want to come alongside of our brothers and sisters. And so an environment was created where people were, felt valued and honored, and they came in and they ate and they did crafts, and we, we sat, well, I wasn't there, but everybody mm-hmm. sat around the table and talked one with another. It was support. It wasn't like benevolent. You see the difference? There's a difference here. We're not doing it for personal gain. We're doing it to come alongside of brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do that, that's like our own personal thank you to God for the abundant blessings that, that we've had, that we've experienced as well.
0: Mm. So later on in chapter six, starting in verse 16. Uh, Jesus continues, and, and He talks about fasting at this time. Now, fasting is a spiritual discipline that can help us to grow closer to God. It's when we abstain from food or some other things that we uh, like to focus on, and instead focus our attention and our energy on, on prayer, on, on connecting with God, on fellowship with the Holy One. And so, here Jesus once again refers to the hypocrites who, who want to make sure that everyone knows they're fasting, and so they make sure that they look like they're having a tough time of it. Their, their faces are like withdrawn, and they're certainly not smiling because they're, you know, having to give things up. And, and he says that instead of that, we should do everything possible to look as normal as we possibly can, because the purpose of fasting is not to let everybody know that we're doing it, but instead the purpose of fasting is to get closer to God, to get closer fellowship with our Father in Heaven.
1: All right, so in a few minutes, you're going to give a personal example, and you said, why do you always get those kinds of examples? I'll give you an example about fasting. Back in my other church, (laughs) I I was fasting, and um, I didn't really lean into the Scripture as I should have, because I remember, like... After two days, I'm like, man, am I hungry? And like people, oh, well, why are you hungry? Well, because I'm fasting. I mean, it was so wrong because that wasn't drawing attention to the Lord, but it's kind of like I think I wanted them to know that I was trying to be spiritual. (laughs) Really, it's between you and God, and we recommend trying this spiritual discipline because it's a, a powerful way to get closer to God. Good one. So, Jesus makes it really clear when it comes to matters of faith, that when it comes to actions of faith, that it really needs to be less showy, less ostentatious. The better we serve God and honor God, the less showy we are. In fact, that really does become hypocritical. You see, again, it's all about intent.
0: So on the one hand, we're told not to be showy, not to be saying, hey, I'm fasting. I'm starving. To be somewhat private in our faith, especially when it comes to giving to the needy, to prayer, to fasting. But then on the other hand, (laughs) Jesus tells us not to hide our faith under a basket and to be the light of the world. And, you know, it's interesting, light of the world, I always think of those, we used to have them in our kitchen on the window when the kids were little sun catchers. You know, the sun would come through, and we're kind of like sun catchers. The sun, Jesus, shines through us, hopefully. So, they're not looking at us, but they see the light of the world, Jesus Christ, through us. And so, so it's important then on this side to publicly claim Jesus as Lord and Savior, and to be unafraid and unashamed to let people know who we are when, when it comes to matters of faith, when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. You know, here in the past, we've, uh, we've used this definition for character. Character is who you are when nobody's looking. Well, the flip side, a definition of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ is who you are when everybody's looking. <laughs> in other words, are you willing to claim Jesus not just here at church, but in the workplace, at school? Not just in your home or maybe in your, the confines of your small group, but how about in a restaurant or in the, at the ballpark or wherever?
1: There's one point where Jesus sent his disciples out to do ministry without him, but he wanted them to do ministry in his name. And he did some teaching around that. He gave instructions of what not to do. And here's what he taught to his disciples. He said, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Say the rest with me. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Ouch.
0: So as followers of Christ, as, as his disciples, this applies to you and me as well that's kind of a challenge, isn't it? I can't speak for you, but I can tell you that all too often I've not taken advantage of the opportunities to claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Sometimes um, it's been unintentional, but on other occasions I've disowned Jesus, not by what I did or said, but what I didn't say when I stayed quiet, when I should have spoken up, when I could have said something. And I don't know why. Maybe I was fearful. I don't know. Maybe I was afraid what people would think. That seems strange. Why would I be fearful? Why would I fear what others think when Jesus died for me? Why would I fear what others think when I know Jesus loves me more than anybody else can? Why would I be fearful what people think when I claim him as my number one? And yet, how often have I done just that? How often have you done just that? You know, it's easy to be a Jesus follower right here like this morning. It's kind of comfortable, isn't it? with like-minded people, and we're all here, I think, for the kind of a similar purpose, or even in the privacy of our homes, or as I said, in the intimacy of our small groups. But the question is, what's gonna happen when we go through those doors there and go out into our real mission field, the world, where everybody's watching?
1: So we understand that there's a tightrope here in how to walk it out. When we're in public, we should not do things for show, for attention, for self. And yet, Jesus calls us to acknowledge him before others, to claim him, to not disown him. So how? How can we live that out? How does this work? How can we keep a balance?
0: Well, you know, one simple way is, is how we act, what we say, what we do when we're out there. Um, okay, so the other day I was, I was over at Walgreens on 299. Used to be Happy Harry's there. I was in the church van, in fact, because my car has been having some trouble, and I, and I was backing out of a parking place, and I was being careful, and only to realize that I was about to hit another car. And The reason I realized it was because the guy was screaming at me at the top of his lungs. And so, my mind kicks into quick gear, I'm thinking, how could I have missed him being back there? And then I realized, that's a one-way parking lot, if you're familiar with it, and he was coming the wrong way, duh. So he's yelling at me, so I had to yell back at him to let him know (laughs) that he was in fact in the wrong. didn't take me long it was fairly quick i realized that i then too was in the wrong not necessarily because of my driving because of my speech and my attitude and my volume and so i quickly looked around to see if any of you were watching <laughs> was anybody out there i didn't think i saw anybody but i i didn't get to go look in every single car yeah um, so i look i'm thinking what this is a real good model. Here, just wait till Sunday when I go, you should have seen Alan on Wednesday. (laughs) Because, you know, in, in that brief little encounter, it was a disclaimer of Christ, wasn't it? By my actions, by what I said, I was very dishonoring, and especially to the one I should be honoring at all times, in all places. Yeah.
1: So here's another balancing, tightrope kind of thing. Offering grace over a meal when you're not at home. I mean, it's easier, it's easy at home, but what happens when you're out in public? Is that a showy example of prayer? Well, it depends on our attitude. If we're doing it to like, oh, everybody, look, I'm going to say grace, I'm like super spiritual, that's not good. (laughs) But it is important to claim Christ and the blessings that Jesus has given us. And so, you know, have you ever been in the situation? I've been in this, you know, a lot. I'm sure you have too, where we're with people and they just start eating or they're getting ready to start eating and and you haven't, like, thanked God for the food. And it's like, oh, no, what do I do? And so in those times, um, I... I gently say, hey, um, before we eat, would you just mind if I said a quick prayer over our food? Trying to not embarrass, but just being who I am. And people always say yes, nobody says no. and But it's a way for me to live out my identity, not for a purpose to like, say, I'm saying grace and you didn't, but to thank God. And so We're saying, you know, walk the tightrope, but also we can be bold in a gentle and humble way as well.
0: You know, they may have been checking to see if they were really thankful before they gave the grace. That may have been been. what they were doing. Yeah. How about at the office and work world? You know, work world's a little different than here. Here we can pray, we scripture. Work world's Not quite like that, because you spend all your time preaching and praying at your desk and reading your Scriptures to your fellow workers, I just have a feeling management's going to get upset. And if you're a management, somebody's going to… Because that's not what you're there for, right? That's not what they're paying you to do, unless you're working some organization that pays you to pray and read Scripture and talk to people about Jesus, Right? And yet, at the same token, I think we need to be Christ representatives in the world. So that can be a little challenging, but it is very possible. We have a, and probably many of you, but I just I know a guy, one guy in particular here at CCC, who kind of embodies this: being able to, not necessarily preach and read Scripture all the time, but to be a Christ representative there in the workplace, as his, um, his coworkers know he's a Christian by the way he conducts himself, by the way he talks to people, not preaching, but just uh, talking uh, kindly to them by caring about them. He refers to Scripture and his faith when it's appropriate in conversation, or maybe um, he refers to that he plays, um, like say, guitar here at church in, in his conversation with people. Um, he doesn't force his beliefs on others, but at the same time not ashamed to 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 fearfully uh, 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 share that he 's a christ follower when it presents itself in the conversation as a result, people in his workplace know that you never notice that people, even when they 're far from God at those times in their lives they know when they need to talk to somebody who 's a god follower. You know what i mean they They know they need God, and so they find this guy just by the way he conducts himself, they know he 's the guy to connect to when, t- when life 's getting tough, when there are those challenges that you need a Christ follower to talk to. And, the, and they talk to him when they have those tough life questions, when they, you know, those questions about God and stuff that, that not just anybody can answer. And so, through that, he's able to acknowledge Christ before the people he works with, not, not by preaching and not by doing that, but just by being who he is and conducting himself that way in the office.
1: By claiming his identity in Christ. Amen. So, we have one more example to share. There are two third graders who attend Connection Church or part of the ministry here, and they love Jesus with all their heart. They're like unashamed of the gospel. And so, they went to their principal at Smyrna Elementary School and asked if they could collect items for Operation Christmas Child. They made posters to hang up in the cafeteria. I mean, they really wanted to do something big for Christ. They knew it wasn't about them. They knew that by what they were doing, they could connect kids across the world with Jesus. And so they spread the word, and they honored God by the way they conducted themselves. And I just have to tell you, I just got the the latest word that we have collected, Connection Church, 1,011 shoeboxes for people, for kids across the country. That's incredible. It's not about the shoebox. It's about getting the message of Jesus Christ into the hands of those who don't know Him. So, thank you so much for being a part of that.
0: Hmm. So, our question for the day is this. How about you? Do you have an identity crisis, I'm sorry, identity gap in your life? Are Are you different at home and church than you are elsewhere when it comes to matters of faith, matters of God, matters of belief? Who are you when everybody's watching? I want to encourage you by telling you this don't buy into the lies that the enemy wants you to believe. Satan. Satan wants just three things for you to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your joy, kill your belief, destroy your life. That's all. That, that's Satan's only purpose. And so, Satan would love you to, re, to think that you are not good enough. To think that you are unworthy of the love that God has for you. That, to think that you're, you're, what you've done, whatever it might be, that it's unforgivable. Know this, your identity is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you are a child of God. Each and every one is a child of God. Which means God has a purpose and a plan for you. A unique purpose and plan for each of us. And that's a plan not just to survive, but to thrive. The plan is to thrive. And so we encourage you to claim your identity in Christ. Embrace your identity in Christ, gratefully yet humbly. And we encourage you to do that not just here at church, not just in the privacy of your home, not just in the safety and security of your small group, but we encourage you to claim it wherever you might be. That's your challenge today and all your days going forward. Claim your identity in Christ, no matter where you might be. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Holy God, sometimes we're a little we're a little wimpy out there. We're a little challenged. We. We need your strength, Holy Spirit's strength, Lord. Please continue encourage us to, to be your faithful followers, not just here in the safety of the church or home or small group, but out there in the wild and willy world of everyday living. Please help us not to do it for our sake but for your sake, that we might be your humble representatives in that mission field we call the world. We thank you and we praise you in all of your glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All Connection Church said, Amen.